shotglassdigital.com. I'm on the special features for the digital content of uh, Revenge of the Sith. When you when you get that digital content downloaded in the special features, you'll see me on there. I don't know what was up with my hair, but this is your safe place to geek out. the human torch applied for a bank loan hey everyone it's steve at uh <laughs> welcome to geek out loud sorry about that i uh i've not done any vocal warm-ups to prepare uh for this episode in fact this is what we call an impromptu episode uh i have uh i, I just had some things on my mind that had to be said, that had to be discussed, that had to be talked about because there has been so much take place since last we were together. If you're listening to this live, you know it's Monday. Mixer.com slash Goliverse is where you are listening live. And uh, also, if you are not listening live, I need to let you know this is being recorded on a Monday. Why do I need to let you know that? So that you'll understand that this is the first day of not at celebration coverage for the week of April the 13th. 2015. This uh, At the end of this week, uh, fans everywhere will converge on uh, Anaheim at this convention center out there, and they'll be having, holding, and participating in Star Wars Celebration 7, which is not being called Star Wars Celebration 7. It's being called Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. And uh, I've got friends, podcasting partners uh, that are headed that way, and I'm going to dearly miss being with every single one of you. Just want you to know that, and uh, and going to be watching the Twitter and keeping an eye out on what's happening uh, out there in celebration. Wishing I was there the entire time, but it's not a sad thing; it's a happy thing because, guys, this at the end of this week. There's going to be, hopefully, I'm hoping and praying, hoping and praying and wishing and thinking that a new trailer may be about. So, for The Force Awakens, I'm talking about. We've got some trailer goodness. We've got some TV spot goodness. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about as it pertains to things outside of the realm of Star Wars. But one of the things I want to talk about really quickly, and I didn't realize this until tonight. I got the digital copies. iTunes finally came around with a bundle. And a lot of people are like, well, just use this or just use that. The reason I do with iTunes is because it's absolutely 100% compatible 
with the Apple TV and they look beautiful when you watch them via the Apple TV on, uh, you know, on, on, on your television set. Um, and I did watch a little bit of one of the movies tonight before I did this and it does, it looks, oh my gosh, it looks fantastic. They look amazing. These digital copies, but, uh, Disney who now owns, uh, this material has done something that I was not aware of until tonight on the Twitter. Thanks to Scott Rifen and Daniel and Indy. Scott Rifen discovered America. The real America. To Scott Rifen. Um, the bundle on iTunes to ask someone in the uh, to answer someone in the chat is um, 89 bucks, 90 bucks, just like everything else, but it's better than 20 bucks a pop. Anyway, um, Daniel Indy and Scott Rife were talking about it. I'm like, what is this new fanfare of which you speak? And it's just copy and pasted stuff, honestly. Uh, here, let's let's let you listen to a taste. I imagine if I had to guess, and I don't have to guess because, you know, it's a free country. You don't have to do anything. But if I was to guess, I would say they may work out something new between now and the actual release of the film. But I called this way back when, guys, when Thor The Dark World was released and we had that Marvel fanfare in front of it that was scored by Brian Tyler. You guys remember that? Because I sure do. Um, here it is. Let me just play you a little bit. Play song. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to do something special with the Lucasfilm logo and do a full-on little fanfare more along those lines. But for now, with, uh, with, with the release of the digital releases, or, yeah, I guess that was a little redundant, but you know what I mean. We got this. It's definitely some copy and pasted stuff from the end credits of, I believe Scott Rifen, Scott Rifen, uh, said he thinks it's from the Empire Strikes Back uh, finale. And uh, who am I to disagree with him? He is a genius in editing. So I'm just going <laughs> to... The Admiral in the chat. the Ladies and gentlemen, the Admiral in the chat just totally just knocked it home for old... <laughs> Ah, points for derailing Glosson. Uh, Admiral, well played. Good to have you here on this marvelous Monday. Um, my big thing is that I'm just totally stoked about is if you, um, if you pull up the movies and you've got Revenge of the Sith, uh, you will find on Revenge of the Sith uh, some special features. And they have, on all these digital releases, they have... Some new stuff, and they have what they're calling legacy content, which is stuff that was on the DVDs and and the Blu-rays, and uh, some of the. And I don't know where this legacy content uh, was. Um, it's called the journey, and one and there's two parts: the journey part one, which really follows 
the filmmakers and stuff to what they thought was going to be the end of an era. You know, we thought Revenge of the Sith was it. No more Star Wars. Um, but in the journey part two, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yours truly, appearance from the line in Indianapolis at Star Wars Celebration 3. And um, my lens, it was... It was from the first day, I believe, we were there, and we were standing in line waiting for the doors to open to get in. It was kind of chilly that morning, but it was a good day, and uh, we had uh, we had a good time standing out in line. Suddenly, I just started making an idiot out of myself at one point, and just trying to entertain people in line. I was yelling at people across the street who were up in a up in a parking deck doing their thing, and um, and here comes the camera crew, and and I start talking to them on my little video camera at the time that I had, or one, one I borrowed. And, uh, and they're like, well, can we talk to you now? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, you know. And, um, and, and so they sat and talked. And as you know, listen, I, the one thing that has been constant about me over the past 10 years since April of 2005 is that, um, that, that I am a talker. I will run this mouth. And that's exactly what I was doing in line at Star Wars Celebration 3. I mean, I told the story of... I, I forget all the stories I told, but you would have thought that... Uh, you would have thought that old Glosson was doing a podcast um, the way that I was just droning on and on about stuff and things with this camera crew. Uh, here's my first appearance. It's fun. It's just a blast. It's every You get to tell a story. You get to... You know, I mean, everything is about the story you have to tell. Like, we have the story of standing in line with people we've never met until today and having a blast. Having a blast. And that was my friend Marcus. Many of you have seen Marcus before, or heard Marcus, rather, on this very show and on the Big Honkin' Show. Uh, we actually traveled up to um, Indianapolis together, having never been, and had a... Uh, it was a good time. Y'all, it was a blast. It was just fun. I, everything that I said there... In that moment was true, and I'm looking at myself, and I was trying to let my hair grow out at this point in my life, and that's about as long as it got. It might have gone a little bit longer, but mm -mm, I just couldn't do it. Not a hair-growy, longy person. I'm just not. I don't know how to do that in the proper way. But And I thought that was going to be it, but I continued watching this thing, just looking for familiar stuff from old Celebration 3, because they had a lot of Celebration 3 footage um, going on here. And lo and behold... Um, there I am again, and I don't know what kind of stupid pack carrier thing I was carrying and why I was wearing it the way I was wearing it. Someone should have said, hey, you look like an idiot, um, but no one did. Here's the other part of me. For 20 years, we went just with whatever we could get and just sitting around talking about it and watching the movies over and over again on our little TV screens, and, and I really think it's just going to live on that way, just people having fun and talking about it and, and having a good time. It's our fairy tale. Yeah, and I was so right until now we've got episodes uh, 7, 8, and 9 on the horizon. So uh, they were asking about where do you think it goes from here? How do you think it, how do you think it goes on? And i got to say, I was waxing eloquent, waxing eloquent there, um, it was almost like they'd stepped into Steve Star Wars corner, and to it, it is so cool, and and really in so many ways, um, an honor. I, I I just can't tell you how how cool it is to to have been tweeted that the other day, and then to turn it on and like there I am in official Star Wars content. 
uh, before I was ever on a podcast, before I ever knew what podcasting was, um, you know, there I was. And it just, I hope it just adds to my cred, y'all. <laughs> Geek cred right there. <laughs> Steve was talking Star Wars before there was ever a podcast. So, um, uh, really quickly, uh, in the chat, Blessed Cheesemaker, one of the greatest names in the chat, uh, says, you were called out on Star Wars Report last week? They called me out on the Star Wars Report? How so? I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing that story. I, I missed the Star Wars Report with uh, good friends Riley and Bethany Blanton, the kids, as it were. Mark Herleman's there with them. Uh, you can check him out at Star Wars Report. Dot com. Uh, as we move along for this impromptu episode, we do have some emails and some things to talk about, and we're going to use the emails to jump off of those things. So, let's jump into some emails. First email comes from uh, Obi Mom Kenobi herself, Wendy Cooper. Just really quickly, she says your Charles Barkley was freakishly right on. Thanks for that. Well, see, I thought my Charles Barkley was terrible. I thought it was just terrible. It's terrible that someone would come along and try to tell me that my Charles Barkley is not good or is good, because most of my impersonations are terrible. They're just terrible. It's terrible. Makes me want to eat a sandwich or something. Let's just go out to the to the golf course and have some fun and, and, and hit some balls around. It's terrible. Just terrible. Mike, who provided the music uh, for uh, Pass the Corn, has chimed in with a bit of a voicemail. Hello, Steve. This is Mike Atkins. I am the one that sent you the music for the bumper for Pass the Corn. Yeah, we said that already. Uh, I can't tell you how excited I am that you used it. I can't tell you how excited um, I am you sent it. Make music for a living, but it's different when uh, your music is used for something that you really, really like. And yeah. I really, really like Geek Out Loud. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to. So, make, uh, sorry. Go ahead. That being said. Yes. Go ahead. Um, I want to geek out for a minute. Well, if please do. I can. Oh, sure. Yeah. The uh, floor is yours. This is in response to your Star Wars show a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've been extremely busy. I, I haven't been able to type out an email, and so I decided to record this. Um, my family and I are getting ready to go to celebration. Oh, have fun in with California. that! Yeah, it's going to be a blast. We begin that road trip all the way from Austin, Texas. Oh wow, Austin's so, kind of a hub. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I couldn't help but notice that during part of your conversation with your buddies, um, that you had asked if Star Wars had, had really like changed their life on a kind of on a philosophical level. Like I guess I, maybe um, I said that. And I can tell you that you and I share a common bond in that, yes, it completely um, it, it completely uh, hit me on a philosophical level. Um, even uh, guiding me into, uh, I guess, what would later become my religious beliefs. Um, and kind of the, um, you know, I've, I've been making jokes that, that uh, my, um, my character 
like I guess my personal journey was was that of Luke Skywalker. But uh, as I get a little bit older, I'm, I'm 42. Uh, I, I actually feel like I'm a little bit more Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> in that, you know, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes, but there is a guiding force and I'm trying to, to understand more of it as I get older. Um, so, uh, but I also identify with the character of Darth Vader. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I've lied to people about their parentage. Quite a bit, uh, especially Revenge of the Sith. You know, you're, what what uh, what I identified most with, I guess, was that at the at the time that the film came out, um, I, I was having some huge turmoil in my life. I had had a lot of friends who uh, turned their back on me. So in that, I understand how Anakin felt like he couldn't trust anyone anymore, and people were bailing out on him, and I had a lot of issues with the church at the time, um, uh, and, and, you know, much like the Jedi Council uh, hanging Anakin out to dry, I kind of felt the same way. I kind of felt like that, you know, uh, my, my relationships were just kind of falling by the wayside. I know that that's, that's all vague, but, you know, obviously I don't want to go into, uh, really personal stuff like that, but, um, you know, suffice to say, I made some mistakes, and I felt like I made, uh, uh, the same kind of mistakes that, that Anakin made, you know, not on that level. I didn't, you know, I didn't kill a whole Jedi temple full of younglings or anything, well, but that's I definitely good. That's felt good. like he felt in the film, and, and, um, good thing is, is that, you know, the, 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 the really long arc of his story was actually the arc of redemption. Um, and, um, yeah, identify with that. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm starting to ramble, so I'll, I'll cut this short right here. That's all um, I do on this and show I just is want ramble. To say thank you for thank you. everything that you're doing on Geek Out Loud. Oh, hush. And keep up the good work. Well, I'll try. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That's Mike Atkins, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Atkins, who sent in the uh, the theme music for uh, our Pass the Corn segment, um, which we combined with what Jimmy and Georgia had sent in and uh, ended up with a little bit of this action. Pass the Corn. Ah, yeah. Time to pass that coin over this way as we look to some movies past and movies future and movies present. It's your present. It's past the corn right here on Geek Out Loud. But not now because Erish is getting ready to go to celebration. I will pass the corn. So, uh, yeah, that music came from Mike Atkins. We really appreciate it, Mike. Mike, I got to tell you, you opened up a thousand million doors when you're talking Star Wars, and I hope my little commentary didn't bother you over your over your voicemail. I love doing that when people send voicemails. It's uh, It's been something I've done ever since I had answering machines. Um, <clears throat> but uh, if you'd like me to commentate on your voicemail, send in one. Send in one. Record yourself and send it via email. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> um but no, I, dude, you, you talk about 
the the that's what makes Star Wars special. Is there's actually a mythology there that in so many ways, though we know it's a little forced, it doesn't feel forced. So many things that followed Star Wars really tried to wedge their own mythologies and that sort of thing in there. But what Star Wars does is it takes universal truths or universal ideas and feelings that we all have and it plugs them into this amazing universe. Um, other other people who've been successful at things like that, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien, same thing. There have been many fantasy writers since who have tried to do what he did and it always seems wedged and forced into things. But what Tolkien did was just create an incredible world, uh, you know, with characters and ideas and philosophies that just seem real world enough uh, in this fantastical world that he's created. And and I think that's the key is that George Lucas, though he was, though he was inspired by and really taking a lot from, in a lot of ways, as far as his imagery and visuals went. He was taking a lot from those old serials that he used to watch as a kid. You know, the Flash Gordon, the Buck Rogers. You can see those influences throughout. But on a philosophical and mythological level, he was just giving us a mythology for the modern era. And um, and, and it just it works on so many different levels. And, and uh, I think it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, you used to see yourself as Luke, and now you see yourself as more of an Obi-Wan, but you can understand where Vader comes from. Um... I think that's what makes us human beings in the real world is that so many times we are more well-rounded than just a character on screen. And I think all of us at some point are Luke. I think we all are standing there on a, on our, on the, on the verge or on the, on, in our own way on our sand dunes, looking out at our own dual sunsets, wondering what the future holds and looking off to the horizon. And, as we grow older, many of us step into that Obi-Wan role of, well, I've learned a little bit. I've made some mistakes along the way, but uh, hello that, you know, that, that kind of thing. And that's just the nature of life, man. And I think what we'll see as we approach uh, The Force Awakens is we'll see Luke, as we've always heard he would be, in more of an Obi-Wan type position, in more of an Obi-Wan type role. Gone is that kid who was looking for adventure and excitement. And now in his place is a wizened, uh, wizened uh, Jedi. So um, thanks, Mike, for the for the email. You're gonna have to just uh, we'll have to get you on at some point, man, and just uh, talk some Star Wars. I'm thinking about doing like a monthly what I'll call a monthly Star Wars summit, where we just have some friends on and just talk Star Wars. To kind of take the place of Steve Star Wars Corner, but you know, just to just to keep talking, um, keep talking some Star Wars. Uh, this comes from Dominique Garant, International Man of Mystery. He says, Dominique here, International Man of Mystery, writing from my work email. Don't tell anyone. Well, oop, oopsie. My bad. <laughs> what was that? What was I doing before? I... <laughs> what was this? Whoop. What was that? I know what the whoop was. That's when, uh, that's from Mortal Kombat. Anyone remember that? Um, he says, first a comment, then again, comment. I want to respond to the Admiral as she was struggling to find a good gift for a young girl. I myself have two girls, and my advice is go to the boys' lane. Boys' alley, rather, which is an aisle here in the States, Dominique. I found out they really like the Star Wars figures, the Hot Wheels, and other toys that are apparently supposed to be designed for boys. The thing is, I found that all kids enjoy a great episodic story with good guys and bad guys, and that is what you'll find in Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, wrestling, comic books, a pantheon of good guys and bad guys having episodic fights, leaving room for more imaginative stories. Sadly, on the girl's side of toys and brands, there's a serious lack of bad guys, or an antagonist, if you will. 
It's all friendly. Barbies, pet shops, ponies, cooking and grooming and friendship. Even in something as popular as Frozen, there's no bad guy, just a misunderstood sister. Trust in Star Wars, Admiral. They'll love it. Now a challenge, and I forbid you to practice. He says, this must be done on the spot. I did peek, I'm not, but I did not, um, I did not practice. Uh, but I did peek because I had to see what the email was all about. It says, this must be done on the spot. I challenge you to hum or sing or whistle these themes in this order. <clears throat> now, I'm going to um, read the order of the themes out to you guys. This is a fun th- This is a fun game. I'm going to read the order of these themes out to you guys, and uh, rather than stop between them, I'm going to try to roll from one into another, do a bar or two of each, and roll from one into another. If I don't know one, then I can't do one. All right? Um, so I'm going to depend on you guys in the chat to keep up with me. But here are the themes in the order that he says. Number one, uh, the main Star Wars theme. Number two, the Superman theme. I assume he means John Williams' Superman theme. Number three... The E.T. theme. Number four, the Rebel Fanfare. I don't know what is, is the... I don't see... Okay. I don't know what the Rebel Fanfare is, if that's the Throne Room. Because the Throne Room is kind of the Force theme. Or if it's like the Rebels thing. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do both. I'll do the Throne Room into the Rebel Fanfare. Okay. Uh, the Harry Potter theme, which is going to be hard because I'm not sure I know that one. Imperial March, Indiana Jones, and Take On Me from aha okay here we go we'll start with the main star wars theme this is going to get tricky because it's john williams themes all right so here we go <clears throat> i'm going to la da da dot it okay and or, instead of hum or whistle uh i'm going maybe it's sing <laughs> the la da 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 you know what i'm saying all right here we go star wars theme And I have lost the E.T. theme. I got, I made it through two. Oh my gosh, I've lost the E.T. theme. I was thinking ahead to the E.T. theme and I lost it. Um, oh man, I failed, Dominique. I failed. I lost your game. I've got to... Mm, can I start over? Is everyone else just annoyed by this? Um, I thought I had the E.T. soundtrack on my... <laughs> oh man oh i got it now okay yeah all right <clears throat> so here we go we'll start back over i'm gonna start over all right with the star wars theme Forgot the E.T. theme again. (laughs) 
dun 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 Harry Potter theme. This is one I don't. I don't think. How does that go? That's all I know. There. I don't really know the Harry Potter theme all that much. Boom, 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 ba dum, boom, ba dum, boom, 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 ba dum, boom, ba dum, boom, ba dum, ba dum, da da. Bum ba dum ba, dun da 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 da, dun da 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 da. Take on me, take on me. All right, that's it. And impromptu call in. I don't know where this is coming from. I'm sure he's just calling to tell me to shut up. What's up, Daniel and Indy? Stop it. Okay. Just stop it. Right <laughs> okay. Now. All right. Done. Done. We're, I'm. I'm. I'm over. It's over now. Okay. I gotta oh, go. All right. See you. Bye. All right, thanks, Daniel Andy, for putting a stop to that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Daniel. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I have come to love Daniel and Indy with all my heart, and it's for moments like that. Uh, I want to just give a quick shout-out to Adrian, who uh, sent a... <laughs> a general email out to me and Rebel Force Radio, uh, who he'd been listening to his backlog of podcasts and came across episode 37 of Geek Out Loud, which was the first time I ever talked to Jimmy and Jason and had them on the show. And he was talking about the stories they told about getting into Star Wars and getting into podcasting together and that sort of thing. And it was a fun, fun time. And it led to a lot of jokes down the road. I, the Geek Out Loud... And I, Jimmy, I know you're listening to this. Dilly Mac, I know you're listening, Dylan McInerney. And so you make sure your dad always knows that Geek Out Loud is tightly woven into the fabric of Rebel Force Radio. So, Adrian, thanks for the kind words and the shout-out. Cody sent in uh, a link to an interesting news story uh, wherein Mark Ruffalo was talking to Collider. And he revealed that... Universal still has the rights to do a Hulk, an Incredible Hulk standalone film. This is something I kind of knew, but it's it's confirmed because a lot of people forgot that we it, when and that's what was so special about the Incredible Hulk when Tony Stark showed up in the end is because Tony Stark had been in a Paramount released film in Iron Man, and the Hulk was a Universal property. Hulk Hulk's been. Uh, Universal since the old TV show, and somehow they just kept that character, you know, rolling. Whether it was through those made-for-TV movies or the cartoon in the '90s, right on into uh, the 2000s with uh, Ang Lee's Hulk, and then of course the Marvel Cinematic Universe Hulk. But apparently, Universal found a, a, a way to deal with Marvel Studios, uh, and and it happened before the big Disney buyout. So. Um, so Hulk's still around in those movies, and, and they're obviously playing, you know, in the Avengers movies and that sort of thing. But uh, Ruffalo has, according to him in this interview, they talk four or five. He's not even sure, uh, but he thinks four movies um, that uh, that are still in, that he's under contract for. So you know that includes Avengers three and four, maybe, and then uh, and then maybe a Hulk standalone film. You don't know, uh, but he's he's still contracted there, but. 
you know, they'd have to work it out with Universal and, and figure out a way to do one. So exciting stuff. I'm glad. I'd love to see Mark Ruffalo play Bruce Banner in a movie. I'd love to see the leader realize the promise of the leader was there in The Incredible Hulk. Um, and I'd love to see that promise fulfilled and realized in the Hulk have that villain and, um, you know, in another Hulk. Ab- I'm never against another Hulk abomination fight, uh, especially with how far things have come since that movie was released. You think about it, seven years ago, 2008, I believe it was, when the Hulk was released, Incredible Hulk, and just how far we've come in the way superhero movies are done and and, and that sort of thing. It's just so cool. Um, So that was cool. So, Cody, thanks for the heads up on that. Wu wrote in, and uh, Brian Kent actually sent in a link uh, to uh, the the show from Marvel themselves about this new Ant-Man trailer, which was uh, pulled out today. Let's give it a listen and a watch, if you will. Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. If you give godlike powers to everyone, it's going to be chaos. So how do we stop him? I know a guy. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. Are you ready to become the hero? Now, this suit has power. You have to learn how to control it. And these are your greatest allies. You're kind of cute. Whoa. When you're small, you have superhuman strength. You like a bullet. So you need to know how to punch. You want to show me how to punch? Show me how to punch. That's how you punch. You tried to hide your suit from me. Now, it's gonna blow up in your face and destroy everyone you care about. Scott, get out of there! Did you think you could stop the future? You're just a thief! No. A man-man. I know. It wasn't my idea. So Ant-Man, the trailer looks really cool. This get, this is a lot better look at this than the teaser was. And the teaser left a little bit to be desired because we didn't get to see some of that Paul Rudd wit come across. And here we get to really kind of see um, to see what you got and, and to see what Paul Rudd's bringing to the table. And I, I think he is going to be as standout and as cool and as well-received as... Um, 
as Chris Pratt was as Star Lord. I really do. He he's got that attitude to it. Ant Man's been kind of the one that I've been iffy about more than anything else, um, as far as these Marvel cinematic movies go, because I felt like it was always really shoehorned in there. I felt like it was just uh, it, it was something that'd been on the because of Edgar Wright using. Uh, what is, oh my! What is that? What is that noise coming? And where's it coming from? Gee whiz. Websites, can we not do that? When we have you pulled up for the purpose of referencing and, and trying to get people to your site, can we not interrupt people's podcasts by having freaking ads all of a sudden just start playing like that? Don't do that, websites, okay? Thank you. Thank you, websites across America. Um, <clears throat> but because Edgar Wright had been so for it and, and pushing for it and they finally gave in... And then he didn't do things the way they wanted him to, you know, creative differences. And it wasn't like evil, mean creative differences. It was just creative differences. They parted ways, but they still had this thing on the slate, on the docket. And I'm just like, I don't know about all this. This just seems like at some point you just scrap it if it's not going to go that well. But, uh, man, I listen, Thomas the Tank Engine running down Yellow Jacket, crazy. A lot of neat stuff in that trailer. Yellow Jacket, you know, they're turning straight up into a villain. Hank Pym was Yellow Jacket. Hank Pym was all of these characters except for uh, Evangeline Lilly's um, character, who she's playing Janet Van Dyne, who is the Wasp. Uh, Hank Pym was Giant Man. He was Ant Man. He took on the powers and or took on the the identity of a, a character named Yellow Jacket, who I never quite understood, but he grew and he shrunk. Um, with these, uh, with with something called pim particles, he he developed it, it early in the early days. He popped a pill, uh, but uh, but uh, but later on, he developed what he called pim particles that he would release and cause himself to shrink or grow as as he needed. Um, and here they're going with Scott Lang, who is kind of the legacy character. Ant Man has become a legacy character because now it, uh, the, the mantle has been given over to Scott Lang. Um, this is a character that you know. I was he was always just an Avenger to me. He's not a standalone character to me. Ant Man is someone who belongs uh, in an Avengers movie, not his own movie. Um, and that's why I've been a little bit iffy about the fact they're doing an Ant Man movie. It's always kind of perplexed me. But when you look at this stuff, it's like it, it, I don't know if you remember the first time you watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and if you were around at a time when what they did on Honey I Shrunk the Kids was just amazing, uh, with with the shrinking, with the putting them in a larger world, and that sort of thing. Um, this this reminds me of that just just kicked up a thousand notches. Um, they take some stuff that was directly out of some of the test footage, you know, him running along the barrel of a gun and and uh, jumping up onto someone's shoulder and hitting them in the in the quick growth and the quick shrinking. But then you also get to see him controlling the ants and, and working with them. And um, it's, I, I, Guys, I'm telling you, I'm not like, look, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm so incredibly stoked for this movie. But I'm a lot more confident of what it's going to be now than I was. Um, at this point... Um, you know, we just gotta. I, I trust Marvel Studios with their movies, you know, and I and I trust with you know with their plan for their cinematic movies. So, 
looking forward to seeing what they, you know, what's what's coming down the pipe with this. Everyone is kind of looking past this movie. It's been interesting. A lot of folks until this trailer hit today, and everyone's like, ooh. Uh, a lot of folks have been looking past it more to Civil War, and there's been more buzz about Captain America: Civil War. Well, this one's kind of been the one that's intrigued me because. I really felt like, and, I, and we ta- and I talked about it back with uh, Air Shonavai several months ago, that this could be Marvel's first strike. This could be the thing where they just kind of a swing and a complete miss. A lot of people felt like Iron Man two was that, and some people even thought Iron Man three was that. I think those were base hits and maybe a bunt at best. I, I don't. I feel like they got on base with those. They didn't knock it out of the park, but they definitely got on base. Um, and everything else i feel like has been so solid in the efforts they put out i mean captain america the first avenger still stands a lot of people still say it's their favorite superhero movie ever and it's weird because there's some people who are divided on it. some people just don't like it because it's a period piece captain america winter soldier i'll tell you to me is the greatest superhero sequel ever made um it it does everything exactly like it needed to do it uh it, it it played off the previous movie, not the Avengers, but it played off of Captain America in a, in a great way. With you know, of course it did play off of the Avengers too, because you you brought in Shield in a more complete way, but it, it just it, it just hit every note it needed to hit and it was pitch perfect in my mind. Um as a superhero as far as superhero sequels go. We'll see what happens with Age of Ultron. The early buzz from Age of Ultron is that it's a lot more somber than the first one um and whereas the first one felt like an end cap to a period of time in the marvel cinematic universe this feels more like uh the launching pad uh for what is to come is is some of the stuff i've heard already the early buzz surrounding avengers age of ultron which comes out in geez two two and a half weeks now uh to the general public they're doing the big world premiere tonight so We'll start to see reviews and everything drop online, and and now it's going to be really hard to avoid spoilers for those of you who are spoiler, uh, you know, spoiler phobes. There's been a, a clip released uh, apparently of the Hulk Iron Man fight, and I just refuse to watch it because I'd rather see it. It, it. Usually, I won't watch clips like that. I'll watch trailers, but the clips I don't want to see. I want to I want to see it for the first time on that big screen. So, and we'll do so in about two and a half weeks. Looking forward to Avengers: Age of Ultron. But Marvel has done a lot to keep us held over, ladies and gentlemen. And um, this past Friday on Netflix, the first of several Marvel TV shows, direct-to-Netflix television shows, dropped. Uh, Daredevil hit... um, Ooh. Daredevil hit Netflix in a big, bad way. A lot of people talking about it over the weekend on Twitter. A lot of people digging Daredevil. A lot of people loving what Marvel did uh marvel studios did with daredevil and i think one of the things that we were all excited about more than anything else was an opening credit sequence and and i don't know if people were digging the tune as much as they were digging the fact that there's an opening credit sequence and we say thank you thank you thank you because i feel like more people are old school tv fans than not and in a medium where you can use the full hour most of these shows clock in at 53 minutes or so but in a medium where you can use the full hour you know unless they're planning on syndicating it to television stuff they might need to cut some things short having a minute long um opening credit sequence is not a bad thing and i'm telling you man i dig it 
and was really excited to see that in uh in daredevil so i i liked it um as far as the show goes in this season i guess they're saying it's the first season i guess they're 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 planning on maybe doing a daredevil season two i don't know um i don't know uh i'm gonna have to rewatch it 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 plays well they they tell the origin very well they um they being the the steven s tonight and team they do a great job of showing a street level superhero um there is a fight in the second episode that is just it is it is they live quality length and it is just uh it, it it's fascinating because i'll tell you what happens he gets tired while he's fighting daredevil does he's already injured going into this thing but he gets tired while he's fighting and it's something we've never seen in any superhero movie is we've seen a superhero battered and bloody and then just pull himself up with adrenaline and do something but it throughout this thing we see him um get getting fatigued and when he's injured it matters there's an episode or two where he's out because of how bad he gets beat down in a fight and not because of his lack of experience but because he just happens to be fighting someone with a blade on a chain um as i'm talking about i'm realizing how much i liked it wilson fisk the characterization of wilson fisk bothered me big time until the final episode uh and that's when i really feel like he came into his own um as kingpin and so i here's here's what i think i'm going to do i was thinking about this I think what I'm going to do is is rewatch it and kind of talk about it on the show. Um, take five ten minutes to talk about it on the show, an episode at a time, just to really because I feel it, it plays like a big movie. It really does. It plays super well, but um, but I but I think that uh, I, I I think that that it, it's going to. To me, it's either going to live or die with how I feel about it in repeat viewings, if that makes sense. Because I, I I was watching it, and I kept wanting him to get into the more of the red suit that he finally ends up in. I like the journey to that. Um, I was surprised at some things that happened in the first season. I, I was surprised that... Um, you know that certain people found out certain things i was surprised at some characters who died who were killed off and i was really sad to see one of the bad guys that got killed off get killed off here's the thing if you don't have netflix to watch daredevil get netflix for no other reason this month uh to watch daredevil um i i will suggest it that much and you know it's just a month just just subscribe for the month just lay you 9.99 down for a month and watch daredevil then go watch the unbreakable kimmy schmidt because daredevil's not going to take you that long to watch <laughs> then watch the unbreakable kimmy schmidt it's really funny and it's worth your time hi hilarious so um so yeah expect a little bit more daredevil talk from me as we roll on into the future um it is in the same universe as the avengers and that's the thing is i would like to see some um i would like to see some some other characters come in maybe make a guest appearance on the episode i think that you know one of the cool things about daredevil is is the team-ups that he's able to have i don't know here's what i need to know is the punisher 
back to Marvel Studios. Um, it, it, does Marvel Studios have now have the Punisher rights, or is that, or is he still with Fox? Um, I I don't know. This is this is one of those uh, <clears throat> this is one of those things that I do not know that I need to find out. So while we're talking about it, ladies and gentlemen, um, as Andy Lindemann would say and has said for us, and we appreciate it. Let me Google that for you. Who owns the film rights for the Punisher? Here we go. Um, which studio owns which Marvel characters? This is from three years ago by Carl Lee. Carl! Um, this is from San Diego Comic-Con in 2010. Marvel Studios confirmed they now have the rights back for the Punisher. And they hope to bring him into the fray shortly. Uh, Feige talked about an interview with Breeden Cool. He'd like to see the character appearing in a Daredevil reboot. My Lanta. Boom. Goes the dynamite. Here's the thing. Uh, that's a great team-up idea. Now that they have Spider-Man, I'm sorry, whoever you get to play Spider-Man, bring that kid on over to team up with Daredevil once or twice. It can work out. Kingpin had his initial appearance in a Spider-Man comic, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, and, and they live in that world together, do Spider-Man and Daredevil. In fact, they've teamed up a lot in the past, and I think it's a great concept and a great idea to have them. Um, I would love to see... Uh, I, I would love to see someone like the Black Widow or Cap come into this world. And I know that's a long shot. I know that's a stretch. But I'm saying that these are the kind of things you can have happen. It is in the same world. He's in New York, uh, in Hell's Kitchen, New York. And they talk about the invasion at one point, And you see the construction going on all over the place. You see that they're still rebuilding from that time. So it's, it's definitely... Um, it, it's definitely uh, a, a possibility to see some of these people. Um, I also see that Marvel also owns the screen rights for Ghost Rider and Blade again, so that's pretty cool. Um, as I'm as I'm just kind of this is what googling that for you will do. You'll find out all kinds of new things. So I like the idea of seeing the Punisher come into Daredevil's world. I really do. Um do think that that would be be great um to see him to see that happen because the punisher to me is a character that for for me now and, and i'm i'm in the minority on this understand that, that what i'm about to tell you i recognize that i'm in the minority steve glosson in the minority of everyone else the punisher to me always worked better in guest appearances guest story arcs in the comics than in his own comic book um, whenever I picked up his his comic, I was always kind of underwhelmed by what was going on. But because he is so violent, because he is the Punisher, is the Punisher. The Punisher will will blow your head off for jaywalking. I mean, that's kind of always been the joke. But the whole idea is, is Frank Castle has this skewed sense of justice where he feels like no one else is going to do the job, so he's got to put a bullet in your brain. So when he teams up with someone like Daredevil, it's an interesting dichotomy. You, you know, we're not killing. Oh, yeah, we are if I have to. You know, that kind of thing. So um, so I think it'd be pretty cool um, to see that happen. <clears throat> um and uh and 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 we'll see what you know we'll see where it goes from here. Jessica Jones is the next thing. I believe that's next year or or later in the fall, I guess, from uh from Netflix. Um aka Jessica 
June's release date. Let's see. I don't know if they've, they've, they've given a release date for that. But she's next. Um, yeah, later on this year, I, I guess, is when they're they're going to be releasing it. It's, it's not quite unknown. I mean, it's not quite known yet a, a, a definitive date. Um, and then from there, we'll go to Luke Cage. And from there, we'll go to Iron Fist. And from there, we'll go to a Defenders miniseries, which you know, will team the street-level characters up. Uh, Wu had asked in his email, uh, he said, uh, out of all the defenders, Iron Fist is the one I know the least about. What's your history with the character? Well, my history with the character is kind of limited. Power Man and Iron Fist, Luke Cage, what, called himself Power Man for a while, and Iron Fist were the heroes for hire. Um, they they worked at street-level stuff. Uh, Iron Fist was always a little bit of a kung fu-type hero. Um, I don't know that he had superpowers per se, but he definitely had the the sh- the the kung fu energy coursing through his veins and um and he had a cool headband mask and uh, <laughs> he kind of a ninja dragon tattoo kind of situation going on um so i think his stuff will be really cool and like i say i can totally see having seen the style and and what they're going for with daredevil i can see where all these different characters will come into play together uh as we move forward like i say i think what i'm going to do is is rewatch daredevil um on on just a regular like a weekly basis an episode a week rather than binge watch it the way i did and talk about an episode at a time on the show take five or ten minutes i'm not going to do like a full-on podcast or review or anything I'm uh, not going to add another podcast to the repertoire at all, but uh, definitely might take a look at it because I think it's worth it. I think it's worth going back and looking at again. So to recap, everybody, uh, what have we learned? <laughs> um, we, we've learned a few things. Ant-Man for Steve looks a lot better than it did. Um, initially, uh, what else we got? I don't know. Daredevil. I was I was not as smitten with it as everyone else was. I just talked about it a lot and I was I was but I was not as taken a I was not as blown away with it as I think everyone else was. Um and that goes into my thoughts on what they've done to Daredevil over the years. Daredevil has always been that street level character. He's always been a little bit gritty, but he's also I mean, they put this guy through the ringer over the past 20 years, y'all. I mean, every just you name what could be done to a superhero, and it's just about been done to him as far as just bad stuff. And and it's like, of all the characters that I hope get a happy reboot with this Secret Wars thing that's coming, Daredevil's definitely the one that I hope to see be able to smile a little bit down the road. Um, and so that kind of plays into into what was, you know, my thoughts on my thoughts on the whole uh on the whole daredevil thing my big takeaway from the past week of geekdom is that i am on the special features for revenge of the sith the digital version of revenge of the sith journey part two you can see me with my terrible hair and my weird backpacky satchel thing strung practically across my neck i don't know what i was i don't know why i was wearing it like that i don't know what my deal was I was too fat to be wearing it that way. I mean, that's just a, very critical of myself, and, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, guys. I'm I'm serious as a heart attack. It's horrible. Just horrible. So, uh, hey, we'd love to hear from you. 
via the email, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. And um, also, if you're doing some shopping on Amazon, head over to uh, geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com and use those links, if you will, Amazon links there. It helps the shows out when you do that. And if you want to support us directly at Patreon, you can do so. Patreon.com slash geekoutloud. I forgot to mention our featured supporter this week at the top of the show. Bill Fisher, an extraordinarily intelligent scientist who is studying the effects of cosmic rays. Surprisingly enough, he didn't have to go into space with his friends to be affected by them. He was just looking at them, and poof, he can call upon the powers of a trademarked foursome at will. He's a four-man team and one man. Stretchy, invisible, strong, nearly indestructible, and hot. I mean, like the fire, hot. You know, like a torch. That is human. That's Bill Fisher, our featured supporter. And we thank him for his support at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. You can support us at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Don't forget round three, now part of the Goaliverse. Round three. Make sure you've subscribed to us on iTunes, leave reviews. Do so for the Geek Out Loud as well. We need your reviews and ratings so people know we're here. Twitter.com. It's at Geek Out Loud, at Steve Glosson, at Goliverse. Facebook.com slash Geek Out Loud. We're a proud part of Shot Glass Digital. Hey, everyone going to celebration. Here's the challenge. Wait a second. If you're going to celebration, here's the celebration challenge, Star Wars celebration challenge from yours truly. While you're there, at least once when you're with a group of people, at least once, Say, this one's for Steve. It doesn't matter if you're eating and you're going about to take a bite of some spaghetti, if you are about to go to the bathroom, if you are headed to a panel. Um, if you're headed to a panel, people just stop and say, hey guys, this one's for Steve. And just expect them all to know what you're talking about. Um, if you go by the Delray booth, say hello to Arishona Vice. Holler. If you go by the Delray booth and Arish Schoenweiss is there, just holler, Hey, Arish, pass the corn! Arish, pass the corn. Anytime Arish Schoenweiss is around, you holler, pass the corn. Or, this one's for Steve. Those two things. That's your celebration challenge, everyone who's headed that way. Everyone else who's not going, let's keep watching the Twitter and the Facebook and all the fun news that's going to be coming out of Celebration because it's going to be a good time to watch this week. If you're headed that way, traveling, be safe, be safe, be safe. And let us know how it went at geekoutonline at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Hey, everyone who's listening via the podcast, we thank you so much for downloading us. Thank you so much for your support over the years. Thanks, everyone, who's joined us live at Mixer.com slash Goaliverse. We'll see you guys next time right here on Geek Out Loud. Love you so much. Thank you.